Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet to hit 50 episodes. The only one. The first one, and so far the only one, on the internet. Noobs in the Whovian! <laughs> my name is Austin, I'm the Whovian, and this is my son, Corbin. And I'm the noob. And this week, uh, we are the noob and the Whovian. Uh, Trip had a prior engagement, uh, so he won't be uh, joining us this week for... Sadly. Yes, sad, sad noob in the Whovian tear rolling down the cheek for the podcast that introduces a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And I guess one son who hasn't. (laughs) That's right. I mean, it's two normally. We went from three to one. I don't know what happened. All right. Welcome to episode number 50 covering season four, episode 10, Midnight. This is the one where the Doctor and Donna really don't hang out all that much. Donna is going to sit by the pool while the doctor goes to see the sapphire waterfalls. He's going cross-country on a deadly planet made of diamonds where it's impossible for anything to live. What could possibly go wrong? The doctor's making friends on the transport, especially with the outcasts, but something strange is happening. The transport stops, which they never do. Don't worry, help is on the way, and it's impossible for anything to be alive out there, which of course means that something's out there. And it's trying to get in. All they have to do is wait one hour and help will arrive. But something even stranger is happening. No one is listening to the doctor. They end up turning on him, especially after Skye steals his voice. They're just about to throw him out of the transport to his death when the hostess throws Skye out and sacrifices herself in the process. Turns out everyone got back just fine, and the doctor has no idea what that entity was. The end. On story number 196, originally airing June 14th, 2008 to 8.05 million viewers, Written by our man Russell T. Davies and directed by Alice Troughton. Troughton? Troughton? We never have gotten a I definitive. Think it is Troughton. Troughton. What is it? Troughton. I don't Troughton? Know. Troughton? I don't Troughton? Troughton? Maybe Jared will explain. Yeah, hopefully. perhaps. Um, just as a, as a note, no relation to uh, Patrick Troughton, the, uh, the second doctor, or uh, son David, uh, that will come up in just a moment. I did want to point out that this episode actually, of all things, won a BAFTA, a Welsh BAFTA, and a Royal Television Society Award, um, the sound team won that. And as I was just listening back for a clip, I realized, good grief, there's a lot of sound in this True. that I don't know I would call award-winning, but the it's BAFTA fair. people did. Uh, yeah, I, so, don't, I don't even know what BAFTA is. I um, assume it's a good award. I want to say it's it's like the British um, Emmys, maybe? ish it's like it's a prestigious award there uh for um, you get it you did good mm-hmm. yeah. yeah 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 um and i want to say uh it's the equivalent to the the emmys which is television not the oscars which is movies but i could i could be wrong about that it might it might be like both I, there's I don't a know. lot of different awards yeah yeah yeah. Uh, so that's uh, yeah it's it's the british uh, you know the big deal british award show so if you've won a bafta um that's that's pretty good and and it specifically said the welsh a Welsh BAFTA? I, I I don't I don't know if like they're in like Europe, right? Or uh, England? I mean Wales. Yeah, I mean it's part of the UK, so I don't know if like there's a Welsh BAFTA and then like a, a an English BAFTA. Confusing. I don't know. I don't know. So uh, the cast this week we had um, two uh, standout notes here. The first one, as soon as he came on screen, I looked at uh, I looked at the noobs and said, eh eh eh. That this would one be took me about ten seconds. Yes, um, I was like. Ah, it's on the tip of my tongue. We got a chance to see Emo Merlin uh, in the person of Jethro with the black fingernail polish and the 
uh, broody hair. Um, this and one, the T-shirt, which they still have, apparently. Which they still have? What? Well, this is, like, far in the future, isn't it? But... T-shirts, sure. Oh, yeah. T-shirts are never going to die. Uh, this was uh, Colin Morgan. He played Merlin in the uh, the UK, uh, the BBC show Merlin, uh, which we have been watching as a family. Um, we ha- we kind of haven't watched that in a while. We, yeah. We've gotten stuck on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That that has that has taken over our lives for the last Massive couple of months. Massive roadblock yeah. for us. We had, we had to catch up on 10 years of MCU uh, superhero movies in, in order to catch up to Endgame. Yeah, in like since January. So um, the other standout on the cast this week was Professor Hobbs, uh, played by David Troughton. And I am going to uh, I'm going to leave this because I'm Jared has got to talk about this. If he doesn't talk about this, uh, I'm going to be surprised. So um, I haven't listened to his segment yet, but I'm going to I'm going to trust that this is where he's going to park. If not, we'll we'll circle back around to Professor Hobbs, um, who, by the way, can I just say big jerk, big jerk in this episode. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's pretty, 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 pretty yeah. jerky. I, I hate those characters where it's like the science person. It's so confident in the one thing they've been proclaiming the entire movie that when they're staring evidence in the face, it's like no, it's something else. It's not possible. Oh, the yeah, the fact that it. nothing can possibly live in the extonic sunlight or whatever. It's yeah. like you're a scientist. Your job is to discover new things. Yeah, I, I, it's kind of a trope too, like the stodgy old scientist stuck in his ways. Yeah, like, that's. Okay. Come That's why I hate it. Not entirely unrealistic, though. So, yeah. uh, let's see. This under uh, miscellaneous trivia, um, Corbin, hit this first note because this was something you keyed in on. Uh, I was noticing this was this did not have Donna. In case you didn't know, <laughs> yeah, essentially, did there was not no have Donna. Donna. Yeah. But um, apparently, this is the first ever companion light episode, and the reason for this was Catherine Tate was actually filming the next episode, Turn Left which is a Dr. Light episode. Ironically, yeah. <laughs> I know. And like, our companion is busy filming a Dr. Light. Well, let's right. just do a companion light. And as, as we not? saw in the uh, in the next time, uh, we see, you know, the Doctor is dead. So obviously, you know, the, no spoiler there, the Doctor's not going to factor much into the next episode. So they decided to film these two episodes simultaneously, which is actually, as you think about idea. it, yeah, it's really smart. So they, I think they used like, you know, the, the, the second unit, second photography unit to go film one and then the primary film the other. Um, so pretty smart. The other thing is um, of the of the two episodes, if one of them got the short end of the stick, it was actually this one because this, this is what's called a bottle episode on TV where um, they uh, think about where were they for this episode? Uh a random planet? I don't know. Okay, well, yeah. Specifically, all the action took place inside a train. Oh, Or yeah. a transport, whatever it was. They never left the they one never left part. It. It's yeah. just a one-set show. I exactly. See yeah. And they call that a bottle show. So sometimes, um, like, you'll, you'll, you'll have this happen with Star Trek. Um, where, um, and, and I bring that up because over the course of... <laughs> oh, no, we all got stuck on the main cabin of the ship. Oh, right, no. right. Or... Um, stuck in a cave on a, on a mystery planet, right? Mm-hmm. We're like we crash landed, and the whole episode is going to be in that cave. Um, and actually, really, I, I think technically a bottle show uses existing sets. So what I just described wouldn't be a hundred percent accurate. But there's a great episode of The West Wing. It was a, a show on in the early two thousands about um, a fictional president. And while that show was on the air. I don't know, maybe two or three seasons in September 11th happened and okay. it didn't, 
you know, like their their show was kind of like, you know, it's based in the real world. And so every now and then there'd be some bleed over, you know, they'll, they'll talk about gun laws, you know, the way the situation's actually playing out in the real world and things like that. Mm-hmm. Fairly true to the, tr- true to life. And so September 11th happens and they're like, well, we can't just not talk about it, yeah. but they had already filmed like the, the, the season that was on the air was, was already in the can. It was done. So they went and they did this bottle episode where um, they had, I don't know, like an alarm went off in the White House and they crashed the White House. That means, that means everything's on lockdown and nobody can go anywhere. So the, the senior staff all end up stuck in this one room with, I think, a tour group of like college students or something like that. And they Just have this... Just to spice it up and add some drama. Yeah. Well, and, and what they did was they ended up having a discussion about the September 11th attacks. The reason that they ended up crashing the White House, the reason that they went on lockdown was because they were on high alert because of the attacks. So they like wove it in there. Mm. And so because they did it in a bottle, it didn't matter what was happening in the main show. So whatever drama was happening, it doesn't matter because we're just a bunch of people stuck in this room for right now. So this is this is one of those those kind of episodes mm. where they just stick them in a transport. They got minimal sets. They only need a couple of cameras. Uh, it's way more uh, cheap, you know, the, all those kinds mm-hmm. of things. So you do that while you're filming Turn Left, which we're going to see goes all over the place. Yeah. Um, so so at any rate, so those are the, the the first of the companion light episodes in contrast to the Doctor Light episodes, which we've already had one or two. I think it's three at this point. This is the third one? That's what I was thinking, yeah. Something so, like that. Um, and of of note, not only uh, Companion Light, but TARDIS Absent. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed that when, when we were watching it, uh, when we got to the end. Uh, okay, so first of all, we don't see them land on the planet, yeah, right? When it, there. when it cuts, yeah, when the episode starts, Donna's sitting by a pool. And then when we get to the end... Donna and the doctor are sitting at a table next to that same pool and it just fades to black. Like they don't get into the TARDIS and whisk away. So the TARDIS now I'm starting is, to think the TARDIS was going to be very important for the next episode if they also didn't have that. Don't, <laughs> yeah. Don't uh, have, and the TARDIS. Yeah, yeah. They're both gone. So, um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe it wasn't on this episode because they needed it for the other episode. That's interesting. Um, so, and then this was also the, the first time that the you know the baddie of the week the creature of the week never does show up like the first time in all of doctor who entirety yeah. yeah so you know even on episodes where maybe all the camera shots are from the perspective of the bad guy you know and then finally towards the end you see you see it you know and that's that's kind of a trope in horror films and things like that mm-hmm. um, they never turn the camera on the baddie because I mean, essentially once, once sky starts talking as the, or well, once she freezes up in the corner, that's it, right? There's no banging from outside ever again. Right. No. Yeah. Cause so, it's in her. Right. And I was watching like a hawk when they raised the shield in the, in the uh, pilot's cabin or whatever. Yeah, you can't actually see anything. Yeah. He keeps saying, Oh, like right there, right there. And th- there's nothing there. There. I mean, it is, a, Absolutely it's a nothing. fairly static image. And so we never see him all we ever hear or, or it, all we ever hear is that it was like a shadow shimmering in the distance kind of thing. Um, so how, you know, I always debate when it comes to horror films and things, what, what is worse? You know, the, the, nightmare that you can't that they never show you 
and then therefore like in Bird Box, where you never see the creatures. Oh, do they never? They never do actually show it. I, we haven't ever sat down and watched it. But yeah, there's stuff like that where you never do see the bad guy. Um, and actually, one critique of some movies, whether it be like horror film or monster movie or stuff like that, is that uh, man, that was a great movie until they showed the monster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because you have built up in your head well, what it is. Well, yeah. And when everyone has to imagine it for themselves, everyone imagines their worst nightmare. It's like the, it's like the thing, the, the thing in Harry Potter. Still can't remember the name. Dang it. What's that thing called? The bloobity doo that, <laughs> that takes Maybe the I form. Google it or something. Yeah. Google know. it real quick. The, the thing that takes the form of your worst nightmare. So, you know, whoever is facing off against it, um, it, it manifests their fear. And so something that may not even be terrifying to you is absolutely devastating to somebody else. And then when you, when you say that's the, you know, that's what's happening in this movie. And then all of a sudden you show the bad guy. Sometimes it's like, a that's letdown. not at all what I thought it looked like. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's, well, that's not nearly Same as, thing you do as with as people when you hear their voice and never see their face. <coughs> <like>. Jared, <coughs> Jared. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. So just to be clear, what we're saying is, Jared, you don't look nearly as horrifying as we thought. That's what we're trying to say. <laughs> uh, not what I was trying to say. Not what you were, okay. I guess. I, I know what you mean. Um, being in the world of podcasting, it is it is interesting. Um, there are podcasts that I had listened to for years before I ever saw a picture of the hosts. And then I'm like, oh, wow, okay. That's, that's not what I had imagined. So, mm-hmm. um, By the way, what do you think we look like now that I'm thinking about it? I mean, we've done... Videos. We've done videos and we've got yeah. pictures of us on the on the Facebook page and on the web uh, on the website. But how many of you listening have never seen any of those? That's that'd be interesting. Yeah. Because, uh, like I said, if you don't follow us on the Facebook page, if you're not, you don't if you've never visited the like. about page on noobsinthehoovian.com, which actually currently there is no about page. Yeah. <laughs> when I remodeled the website, I took that page down so I could remodel it, and I haven't done it yet. Um, so maybe you've never seen our faces. Huh. Interesting. So most people probably think I look a lot taller than I am. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Because well, that's funny. You, you sounded taller. It's like roadhouse. Well, I sound I thought older. You'd be so taller. I would be taller. You what now? I, I sound older ish. So I would <laughs> sound be older ish. So you sound taller. Nice. Okay. Nice. Well guys, noobs in the Whovian is brought to you by R five website management. Do you need content for your blog, your email newsletter, or just your website in general? R five website management produces quality research content to communicate your company's vision and values without busting your company's bank account. Contact us. And by us, I mean us, we are the five R's of R five website management. Uh, you can check us out at R five, R five website management.com or facebook.com slash R five website management. And you can, uh, message us through Facebook or hit us up through the contact page on our website and then get started with your awesome content today. All right. So let's move on to the checklist. Uh, we, we kind of already started talking about the, the baddie of the week. I guess we, we, we preempted ourselves. We started talking about this too soon. Um, the, the name of the baddie of the week on the Wikia is simply the midnight entity. Nice. And that's because, no one knows what it is. Yeah, like it's never named. Um, it is interesting that, I mean, like, even at the end when she's talking, we never like we don't learn anything. We don't learn anything about this this creature, um, what it wants, other than for the doctor to be dead. And why is that? Like, it's not given any motivation as to why it it just. Honestly, I think it's trying to drive everyone insane with the way it's acting. 
Really? Not just like he wants a particular, or it wants a particular person dead, but rather wants everyone Maybe it's just purely self-preservation at that point. Like, okay, if I can convince everyone that the doctor is the problem and they throw him out, then I'm safe. Um, Which is weird to think about because it was safe outside Mm -hmm. already. You're actually building on my theory for later, so thank you. Nice. Okay. Um, So, yeah, so we do have, down in our theory section, we do have more uh, about the Midnight Entity, so we'll we'll just hold off there. So nothing was uh, fantastic. Why is fantastic still on the list? I don't know. Let's get fantastic off the list. Uh, We didn't get any wells. Uh, Remember, we decided to to go back to the the standard uh, three-well formula thing, so we we did get a... Yeah, we we got one, but it wasn't the... Well, I say this. Well, that. Um, so we didn't count that one. Yeah. Um, no, I'm sorry. We did get it a long Z. Um, and first one in a while. Yeah, first one in a while. And um, he said it at the beginning of the episode uh, when the train was just getting ready to leave. Specifically and then, to the waitress. To the hostess, yeah. Hostess. Which I, is what triggers her memory later when Sky says it. Right, so Sky says it, and then the doctor repeats it. So we're going to count that as two total for the episode, right? Yeah. Okay, so that brings our running count up to 11. Is that right? That you you updated right. that. Yeah. Yes. Um, we didn't get any what? Uh, we did get an oi. Um, and this was what? She, this was on the phone ahead of time? She said, oi, you be careful, right? So, I think so, yeah, because it was definitely before he left, mm-hmm. and they didn't actually interact they didn't even interact with each other at the beginning of the episode, aside from no, talking on, on a totally corded phone. <laughs> okay, yeah. that was an error. She was supposed to hold it upside down to right. talk into it, but she forgot, and they're like, Yeah, so watch, oh, well. if you missed it, watch that opening scene where Donna's on the phone, and it's supposed to look like, you know, futuristic cordless phone, and it is totally just a handset that they pulled off of the cord, and she... Didn't hold it the right way, so you can see the hole where the cord's supposed to plug in. It's funny how you're like futuristic cordless phone, but they did have cell phones at the time, right? Like, at least f- whatever those. Well, I guess it was supposed to look were. like a hotel courtesy phone, oh. but it was just a handset. I don't know. Anyways, um, so even with her limited amount of time on screen, she did get in an oi. Uh, there was some impossible stuff. It was obviously it was impossible for someone to be outside. That was said about oh eleven hundred times I know, by Hobbs by the same person, right? And then it was uh, as Sky was no longer repeating, but or no, 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 she was uh, she was she still, still repeating, repeating when the doctor started rattling off all of his um, shamble bobble dibble dooble and um, uh, what did he say? Rose, Rose Tyler. D- Rose Tyler, Martha Jones, Donna Noble, Tardis. And, yeah. you know, he's right behind her. And then, yeah, he started rattling off the first how many digits of pi? It wasn't even like, pi. It was the square root oh, of Oh, yeah, pi. it was the square root of pi. And it was like the first, like, 20 digits or something like that. And she said it he's right along with him. He's a math genius. Yeah. So, but that was impossible. Um, I already it was. Ma- What's that? Of course it was. Yes, because it was it. happening. Yeah. Um, I already mentioned our one of our jibberty jabberdies, the shamble bobble dibble dooble. I don't know if that's a David Tennant thing. Um, Did we already do? Yeah. uh, What episode was that now? It was Blink. Because it was supposed to simulate her fast forward. No, it wasn't. It was human nature. It was human nature. 
was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she was remember. Martha was in the TARDIS watching, it and he said, "Okay, so first of all, don't let me eat pears, or you know, and all oh, that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff." Yeah, yeah. And then he, blink. yeah. No. Uh, what was it? Uh, then I'm gonna make some strange mounds, sounds with my mouth that go something like. Oh, I don't remember. Uh, it was so dingle dangle, double double, yickety do, yickety da. <laughs> <laughs> lippy tippy ta, uh, lippy tippy tu ta. <laughs> oh, so amazing. So I don't know if I don't know if that's a um, if that's a tenant thing or if that's maybe that's a Jeffrey uh, a, a, um, a a Russell T Davies thing. Um, now now I'm curious as to who wrote that episode. That was what was it? Human nature. Yeah, I don't remember who did that. Probably, I was going to say probably Stephen Moffat, but actually no. Because uh, mm. it wasn't amazing like Stephen Moffat normally <laughs> are. It was good. It's not Stephen Moffat. Uh, let's see. What did we say it was? The uh, Human Nature? Yeah, I think so. Human Nature, part one. We're spending way too much time doing this, I'm yeah. sure. I'll All keep right. you in our time. In our time. <laughs> see, I did my job. Uh, the thing from earlier is actually called a boggart. That's the thing that transforms into a your worst boggart. nightmare. It That's was on the tip of my tongue. I'm like, what is it? What is it? Uh, let's see. Human nature written by Paul Cornell. So... Maybe that's a maybe that's a tenant thing. I don't know. We'll we'll have to we'll have to do some research on that. All right. So the other jibberty jabberty was X tonic rays, which uh, the closed captioning had as E X T O N I C X tonic, and then the it's TARDIS has correct. as capital X dash tonic. So who knows? But as it turns out, that's not a thing. Yeah. Um, actually, you know what? I googled E X tonic, but I didn't Google X dash tonic. I just did that. Yeah. I'm ahead of you. Yeah. They, wow. I have Exonic Ray for fandom. Exonic yeah. Star for fandom. Okay. So, yeah. Finito Glass for fandom. A Finito Glass. Yeah, that was great. Um, it's Finito Glass. We didn't get what? much in the way of Jiggery Pokery. Um, he used the Sonic to disable the entertainment system so that they had to talk to that, each other. That was funny. That was hilarious. I thought that was that was fantastic. But typical Doctor, Especially right? Especially considering how annoying the entertainment system was. Oh, my gosh. That was, that like, was just... And for the kids, even though there's, like, a teenager... Here's Betty Boop. Why not? <laughs> it's from the classics archive or whatever it was. I remember thinking, man, if do oh, wait a minute, do we even know what year we were in? No. Well, I mean, this was future, not sure. right? But it was like um, it was on midnight, so we're 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 mankind is out in the stars. Um, so I have it open, but it's not loading. Somehow oh. out out in the future, where mankind is settling the stars. And we're we're digging back through the archives for entertainment. We're going to land on Betty Boop, as right. as one of the classics in children's entertainment. Um, so yeah, um, let's see. Oh yeah, and then just the last thing on the uh, on the checklist: existential horror. No. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. What what was the existential horror here? Just him, the doctor being trapped in his own body. Yes, yeah, sort of. Also, just the repeating thing. And the weird thing that takes over your mind, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Just the weird sort of thing taking over your mind. So here's here's a question. I feel like this this episode was made to be a psychological horror. It didn't do that too well, but it does feel like it was going that direction. Let's see, psychological horror. I mean, certainly, like suspense. Psychological horror. I guess. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because there's a thing, there's a thing 
in in your bubble your that yeah maybe coming after you and they at various moments they didn't know like if it was going to come after them and I you know it started to narrow down just to me it doesn't seem like they would start freaking out so much naturally about her copying them they were seriously overreacting to that fact I think it was sort of having effects it, on all it of them it was it was very weird yeah it was very very weird. Um, Which my theory helps later. Okay. All right. Well, then I keep then plugging I'll... my theory. <laughs> Stay tuned. All right. Uh, so who's who? Uh, who was Rose? Um, Sky said that her significant other went to another galaxy to get some space, uh, and that makes you go, "Ooh, ouch." Uh, yeah, and she's like, seems like enough space to me. And the doctor says, yeah, I had a friend once, went to another universe. <laughs> Dang. Oh. Yeah. She I think wasn't it, trying to leave you. She yeah, wanted yeah, to go yeah. back. Didn't I, didn't I, um, I rewound that for you guys, didn't I? Didn't I back that up? I think so. Because it was just like, oh, or I paused it or something. Because I remember you oof. going, you were like, wait, what? Oh, 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 sad doctor. <laughs> sad doctor. Oh, um, that was sad. And then Rose also nice. showed up on a screen uh, calling out to the doctor, but calling out silently. Apparently, by- that was actually filmed in the next episode. But since they were doing them both at the same time, you could actually... It was who at the what now? The sh- her popping up on the screen was filmed during turn left. Oh, oh, they during that episode, they filmed it for this episode. Mm-hmm. But then if you remember, it also appeared in uh, another... Yeah, it was... Which episode was it with the, um, with the, with the, um, what is Strax? Oh gosh. Oh no. The potato head guys. Oh, oh the Sontarans. The Sontarans. Yeah. I think it was in that episode. She, she popped up on a screen. Yeah. The, Cause Donna got teleported into the TARDIS or whatever. And then. Uh-huh. Yeah. And this, th- th- that was the one that we referenced back then that, um, it was actually filmed for this episode. Um, but I didn't realize it was filmed during the filming of the next episode. That's interesting. Okay, so while they were filming this one and turn left simultaneously, they shot that bit of her and then spliced it into this episode. Mm-hmm. That's complicated. And then retroactively <laughs> pulled it pulled it back into a, an episode earlier in the season because they had already filmed it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's weird. Awesome. Um, who was Martha? Don't care. Who was Donna? <laughs> uh, don't care. Uh, Wilf? Nah. Sad Martha, sad um, Donna. Gosh, man, I remember Wilf being... Um, I remembered Wilf a lot more. Um, I feel like it does. It may be in the specials. It, it may be. It may be in the specials that that I'm thinking of. Um, I, I or the maybe finale. not. Maybe, maybe you know what? Maybe it's just in the next couple of episodes because next he episode was, is a Donna sode. He was in the next. The yeah. Next trailer. What was it? Not trailer. Teaser. Yeah, the next time. Yeah. So, um, and who is the Doctor? Um, prof- oh, oh, you know what? Um, did I clip that? No, I didn't. Um, he had that bit where he uh, says, Professor, I'm glad you have an absolute definition of life in the universe, but perhaps the universe has ideas of its own. That is what I was thinking the entire time I was watching this episode. And yeah, listening right? to him say, it's impossible. No, it's impossible. Probably rocks. We're in the middle of nowhere. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah, I love it when uh, when the doctor kind of like slaps it's somebody It's a tree down. branch. You said yourself they can't leave anything out there. I don't know what's happening. Uh, a tree branch? What? Just him making up random crap. Did he say that? It. No. I wish oh, he oh, did. oh. <laughs> I wish he did. That would have been that hilarious. That would have been so funny. Maybe it's rocks. Maybe it's a tree branch. You said nothing could live out here. <laughs> I know what I said. Um, yeah, so then there's the bit where uh, the doctor says, we can't have that thing becoming me because things will get a whole lot worse. And what's her name? Uh, Jethro's mom 
the annoying lady said, oh, so you're so special. And he says, yes, yes, I am. He said the annoying lady. There was like three ladies on there and they were all annoying. So No, she was really annoying. Like, really annoying. Mm. Like, the hostess was scared and reacting in fear. And Dee Dee was like smart and analytical until she decided I'm on board with killing people. Yeah. And then Jethro's mom, whatever her name was, was just annoying the whole time. I hated her character. I hated her with the passion that I reserved so far for um, Draco. Yeah. <laughs> From the last episode. Draco sucks. Draco Malfoy. Malfoy. Like, I, didn't, I don't even like hating him. I hate hating him. That's how bad I hate I him. I hate he exists. I don't like Jethro's mom. I don't like... I don't like that character. Anytime that character comes along, uh, that's just like, I'm going to be Weasley and manipulative and, and just change what I'm thinking or excuse me, change what I'm saying at any given moment to make it so that I come out on top. Uh, I can't mm-hmm. say that person. I can't so say Um, and then, um, Oh, she says, you know, you're so special. And he says, yes. And Oh no, no, no. Wait a minute. Something else. I don't know. There was a bit where right. somebody says, what's, what's something, something? And he goes, because I'm clever. <laughs> and yes. everybody's like, oh, and what are we, stupid? That's not what I said. But um, I'm clever. Yeah, I love it when he calls himself clever. He said that, I love that. several times throughout the episode, too. He did, didn't he? The main reason why I put it in the list. Right, right, right. And then what else, Corbin? Oh, bananas. Bananas. I didn't notice this the first time through. I, had, I saw it in the notes, but he's, when they're rattling stuff off, he says, bananas. And then she says it at the same time or whatever. And I didn't think, oh, yeah, because he loves bananas. I was like, he's saying a random word. Good for him. No, it's because you never go to a party without a banana. All right. Uh, we have a rant of the week. We haven't had one of these in a while. Um, like we said, this was, this turned out to be kind of a nine thing more so than a doctor thing. Yeah. But this was a definite uh, rant of the week. So uh, we wanted to pull this in. This is um, – this is when Dee Dee finally decides that, yeah, I know how to open up the door so we can kill this woman. The physical no one is killing anyone. I wouldn't risk the cabin door twice, but we've got that one. All we need to do is grab hold of her and throw her out. Now listen, all of you, for all we know, that's a brand new life form over there. And if it's come inside to discover us, then what's it found? This little bunch of humans. What do you amount to? Murder? Because this is where you decide. You decide who you are. Could you actually murder her? Any of you? Really? Or are you better than that? Wow. I, okay. Wow. Any lost heads out there that that's all you can hear is the lost soundtrack in the background? This whole episode was like that. Whenever it does that, that's that's from Lost. I don't know if it is from Lost or if it's just a coincidence, but um, that's all I could think the whole time we were wa- we were watching this one. Um, I kept waiting for the smoke monster to show up or something. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, that um, that kind of brought me to really to our can we talk about segment, which um, is can we talk about humanity uh, for a minute? Because uh, the, the, we've talked before about how the doctor, you know, like ch- challenges humanity to be better yeah to sometimes it, it's weird because you know going back to nine right you stupid apes um sometimes he challenges us to be better and sometimes he's challenging us to be what we what we know we are you know mm-hmm. like he's challenging us to be the best us You're not and a I, murderer, right? yeah i can't remember right if, <laughs> right right yeah so what what does what does he find here murderers is that what do you think have we 
have we gotten to have we gotten to an occasion yet? Because my 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 memory here is overlapping with future episodes. Have we gotten to an episode where the doctor has basically told the people in the situation, you have to be the best of humanity right now? I do not believe so. Okay. This is, and if that's, if that's the case, this is an early example of that then. And he doesn't explicitly say it. He doesn't, he doesn't say it in the positive, right, of you have to be the best of humanity. What he says instead is what is this new life form going to find? Mm-hmm. You, and he says, you bunch of humans, this is the, this is the moment you're going to decide what, if this thing is looking for other intelligence, what is it going to find when it finds humans? And I think that's, um, I think that's an interesting challenge. We haven't done this. We haven't done this before. I don't um, think so. Nope. Nope. Wait, wait, nope. It's 11. It's okay. It's an episode with 11, um, where, yeah, he, he just says like, no, you have to be better than this. And it's, a, it's, it's not dissimilar to this. It's a, it's a situation. It's a do or die situation. And um, this is a challenge, right? Um, this, is, this, is, this is the... the uh, we need to start a Star Trek um, spinoff show because we talk about it so dang much. But this is the constant question in Star Trek is what is Starfleet? Mm-hmm. You know, are you going to be... Are you going to hold to your values when it's hard? Are you going to hold to your values when it's scary? Are you going to hold to your values when it's not convenient? Because if you don't, then who are you? You know? So that's the, that's the question that I feel like the doctor is asking us is, uh, if you're, if you're this when things are going great and you're that when things are going horrible, who are you really? Yeah. Are you this or are you that? I didn't know he was a moral professor. Who? The doctor. The doctor? (laughs) Eh, a little bit. A little bit of cheaty in there. A little bit. A little bit, little bit of uh, The Good Places, Cheaty, Anna Gonye, um, Anna Kendrick. Best name ever. Yeah, Cheaty, Anna Kendrick. Um, that's, uh, he's, he's constantly uh, challenging us. And in sometimes, sometimes, I mean, you're going to see like with 12, with 12, there's some times where he does that and like, I'm like, oh, I don't even know if I agree with how hard you're pushing that. Um, but that's, but that's the question is, okay, like, like. Everything's on the table. What is humanity? And I don't even know. Like the, that question of are you this or are you that? I think the answer is yes, right? You're like when things are going. Everything that you are. What's that? You're everything that you are. Good and bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so this is an episode. This is an episode where nothing happens. The way we're used to, right? The, the nothing happened. <laughs> the Wikia pointed out that as the first episode, as the first companion light episode, it's the first episode to uh, to to bring up this concept that without a companion, the Doctor loses some authority, right? Yeah. Because go it's, ahead. It's easier to um, be a leader when you have a follower. Ooh. I actually, Ooh, I saw a video about... That's well put. I saw a video about this once where uh, there was some guy, I, I think he like took his shirt off and started dancing in front of this group of people. And 
nothing really happened until that one guy went up there and joined him. Until the second person joined And in. then yeah. people got confident, and they're like, yeah, I can go do that too, and everyone joined in. Like, right. a lot of people joined in. Right. It was ridiculous. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes it takes one person to step forward. That's sometimes hard. it takes the second person. <laughs> sometimes it's like, okay, you're one crazy person. But then all of a sudden when they're, yeah, when, oh man, what did you say? It's easier to be a, a leader when you have a follower? Yeah, I think. I don't remember what, you, what I said. Oh man. Oh, rewind the tape. That was great. Um, so yeah, that's the thing is normally we've, we've seen it happen before, right? Where people are like, you're listening to him and, you know, a companion goes, yeah, yes. like you should, or you're all going to die. You know, we see, um, like we, river song. Did. I was going to say exactly that, that, um, in that case, you not only had Donna following the doctor, but you had river following the doctor. Who, as far as anyone else knew, had only just met the doctor. Exactly. And, um, you have lots of times where that kind of thing happens, where the companion uh, I was about to say blindly, that's the wrong word, confidently following the doctor's lead enables other people to more easily follow as well because mm-hmm. it's like, well, somebody else, is, somebody else trusts this guy, so maybe there's something to him here. And He's not just some crazy person doing yeah, this thing. Yeah, but in this episode, he has no one to vouch for him. And even, it, even though Donna would have been another stranger on the train on the transport, whatever, it would have been someone who agreed with him, right? Mm-hmm. And he just seemed to have nobody. And did you, did you, I, I said in the recap that he was, you know, he was befriending everybody, especially the outcasts. Did you notice who he gravitated towards? The person sitting alone. Right. So he gravitated uh, first, I think, to Jethro, right? Yeah. And he kind of, kind of gravitated towards Jethro, like taking him under his wing. And there was a couple times throughout the episode where he like pulled Jethro in. Like, Jethro, what do you think? Because Jethro was probably one of the smartest among them, honestly. Yeah, and then Didi, he did the same thing with Didi, where he was like, so tell me about yourself, because he could see her being disrespected by Professor Hobbs. Mm-hmm. And then, then you have Sky, who is just sitting by herself, completely separate from the group, and he's like, well, let me go talk to this person, right? Mm-hmm. And come to find out that's, you know, she likes to travel alone and blah, 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 and, you know, and all these kinds of things. So um, it, it's almost like <clears throat> in the absence of a companion, he was going to find one, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to find, I'm going to find me a companion, even if it's only, you know, like Donna's my companion for traveling through space and time in the TARDIS. I need a companion to travel to the Sapphire waterfalls on this transport. Mm-hmm. Right. He really needs one or whatever. <clears throat> right. Which um, is, is going to be the entire theme of the next episode. So um, interesting. Oh, Ooh, I didn't notice that. While they were filming these two episodes together, they're they're like opposite sides of the same coin. It's really interesting. So, um, so we we have him uh, not being trusted, and so because there's like he always steps into that leadership role, and normally it comes very easily, and this time it didn't, and this time it backfired. Like mm-hmm. the fact that he was trying to take leadership, take the lead. Yeah, people are like, why should you? Yeah, like, what's what's? I think so, that was so something somebody said. It's like, why are you suddenly in charge? Right. We have a hostess or whatever. She yep. should be in charge. There's a captain. He should be in charge. Exactly. You know, all that other stuff. Yeah. Why you? And so, 
it was really the other thing that happens is instead of the doctor challenging humanity, challenging human beings to be the most human they can, to be the best humanity that they can, and having them rise to the occasion, we have him challenging them to be the best humans they can and having it completely backfire. Mm-hmm. So that not only do they become the worst of humanity, but he gets caught up in it. So mm-hmm. like in the process of you can't kill this woman, uh, she may be a new life form, be the best you that you can be, flips around to now they're going to kill him mm-hmm. instead. You Especially know. once they think that it's possessed him. Exactly. They're like, well, we yeah. must obviously kill him now. Right. So in the end, they were going to kill their best chance at survival mm-hmm. <laughs> in an attempt to survive, you know? Um, so I don't, I don't really know what else I wanted to say about humanity other than I hated this part of the episode. <laughs> I hated, yeah. excuse me, not this part, this facet of the episode is that this was an episode exposing the worst of humanity. And sometimes people like to romanticize, um, conflict or not conflict, but like catastrophe and say that it brings out the best in people. Sometimes it brings out the worst in people. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. And the, and the challenge is, and I, and I wrestle with this all the time because, you know, obviously I've never been in a situation where I'm stuck, I'm stuck on a sinking ship or, you know, the world's going to explode or, you know, like whatever the catastrophe is, Mm -hmm. uh, in, in your movie or your TV show or whatever. Um, but, you know, as a viewer of that movie or that show, I always want them to do what's right, even though it's scary and it's hard, because I'm sitting in my... Comfy chair uh, watching. Right. Not only sitting there watching, but knowing that it's going to work out. Yeah. At least for the two or three favorite characters <laughs> yeah. that we really care about. We know a couple of them are going to bite the dust along the way. Like, ah, the captain and the mechanic... Yeah, they're gonna yeah. die. <laughs> we knew dri- we knew driver Joe was gonna be dead as soon as we met him. You know, <laughs> like, might as well have named him random side character B. Like, oh, and and when uh, when the guy introduced himself as mechanic, oh, in training. Oh, you're so dead. Yeah. Like the only thing worse would have been if the driver had said, "I'm six hours away from retirement." You know, <laughs> like, that's the only way you could have been more assured that in the first couple of minutes that they were gonna die. So we know that you know, the good guys or the heroes or the, who are the favorites or whatever, we know they're going to survive. So it makes it easy for us to say, you should do the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there is, there's a, a, a fascinating episode of Star Trek discover, uh, sorry, Star Trek, um, Voyager where they get stuck in a situation and, um, you know, the premise, the premise of Voyager is that they're 70,000 light years from home. So they are the only Federation ship around. Mm-hmm. So one of the th- themes of the show is, Will they remain Federation? Will they remain Starfleet? Will they hold to those values and the prime directive and all of the things that make Starfleet Starfleet? Will they hold to that when there's no particular reason to do so other than it's the right thing to do? Let's create Starfleet 2.0. Well, and in this episode that I'm talking about, they kind of do. They end up in this void where other ships have gotten trapped And it's kind of like, there's nothing there. There's no way out. There's no resources. It's an absolute nothingness, but occasionally ships get pulled in. So they'll like grab them and strip them for parts and, and take all their supplies and all this kind of stuff. And Janeway decides we are going to be Starfleet. We're going to stick to our guns 
and we're going to do the right thing, not because it's easy, but because it's the right thing. And I'm like, yeah. And, you know, and then there's, there's other people in the episode that, um, that don't do that. You know, that there's, there's, there's the people in there that are just going to take advantage of whatever opportunities they have. And Mm -hmm. she has to try and convince them and convince other people that are more neutral and and all this kind of stuff. And then you see people that kind of come over to her side, but then they like, it gets hard. So they, they go back on their word and you're like, oh, how dare you? And it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, but they're the ones starving to death. You're the one watching it on TV. They're the ones starving to death. And so like I just most of us would do that in their situation. Well, and that that's the thing is like I would like to think that I would do the right thing, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, like would I? I've seen this video comparing the Jedi code versus the Sith code. And it's okay. like if you were just looking at this, you would say that Jedi code is crap. I'm going <laughs> over here cuz this is awesomeness. This is right. where it's really at. Right, right. And that's the thing, like, so... Because it's like, for the Sith, it's just an easily laid-back life. Right. And for the Jedi, it's like, Except you the can't do anything, Except for really. the occasional genocide. Yeah. Things like that, yeah. you know. So. Yeah. And it's justifying and the means and all like that. Yeah, but that's the thing, yeah, is, you know, like, we sit back and we look at it. Would we... What would we do in that situation? And then that's the, that's the thing that always terrifies me. It's like, if it came down to it, and, like, I'm staring at death, at, do I become the best of humanity or the worst of humanity? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I don't, what I didn't like about this episode, and, and I, don't, I, don't, I don't mean that made the episode bad. What I mean is I hate that that's the choices that those characters made. Because, oh, by the way, the ending of the episode to me was devastating. I know. Because all of a sudden it just fades to black and says 20 minutes later. Mm-hmm. And you realize, oh my gosh, they if they'd have waited this. 20 minutes. Now again, what would have happened 20 minutes later? The doctor seems to think that he could contain the entity and blah, blah, blah. But by that point, he was paralyzed, immobilized. Mm-hmm. So when the other, when the rescue ship showed up, what would have happened? I don't know. But, you know, it's like, man, could they have held on for 20 more minutes and and been okay before they started tearing each other apart like that? Yeah. And then here's the other thing that I always think about, right? Is you, you get these episodes like this, right? Where by the time you're done, you have people like, stabbing each other in the back, ready to throw people out the airlock, you know, vicious situation. And then when it resolves, all of a sudden you go back to now we have Jethro is a teenager on vacation. Yeah. Professor Hobbs and Didi are there doing a, uh, you know, a survey or whatever they were, they were there doing research and now they have to go back to their life. And there's that, the most heartbreaking moment was when the doctor says, what was the hostess's name? I know. It's... And nobody remembers. And you think, uh, and then all of a sudden you, you pull back from the drama and you go, these are regular people. Mm-hmm. Like in the, in the, in the heat of the moment, you're just looking at him as, well, that's the smart scientist guy. And that's the paranoid, annoying mom. And that's the kid who wants to do the right thing, but he's scared. And that's the assistant who is really smart, but sometimes she's going to use that smart sense to survive rather than do the right thing. You know, you kind of like peg all these people, but then like, they got to go back to school the next week. Mm-hmm. Like they were all on vacation. That's horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I know. And and like the doctor's face at the end of the episode is just so like, ugh. You know, like, I don't know what that was. And then Donna copies him and he goes, no, no, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Don't. Don't. It's, I mean, he says it like three times. He's copying himself. Uh, yeah. And 
you also have to think about, like, these people, they were ready to throw him out of the car. They were actively trying, yeah. And then suddenly, it's over, and they have to spend 20 minutes, 20 minutes sitting with, with this him. person. <laughs> that is so incredibly awkward. What yeah. Do you, what do you say? How do you make that up? Terrible. It's, it was ridiculous. Russell T. Davies, from Noobs of the Whovian to you. We hate you. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, I think the reason for it is that in most stories, we want the main character to be the hero, not the bad guy. So yeah. when you have all the characters showing the worst of themselves exactly. and humanity yeah. wanting to murder people, it's like, right. but that's not how it's supposed to happen. Right. It's not right. Especially because we spend some time getting to know these people and, and learning to like them and, mm-hmm. and connect with them and everything. And then all of a sudden they and just And then it's turn. like in a life or death situation. Yeah. This is how people normally yeah, would be. Exactly. All right. Um, let's see. Was there other stuff we noticed? I didn't have anything there. Did you no, have anything there? not really. All right. Um, just for a quick reminder that we have uh, established a Patreon over patreon.com slash noobs and the Whovian. Uh, so if you swing on by there, you can start for as little as a dollar a month and support us on an ongoing basis. A dollar a month, you're one of our companions. We'll call you Wilf. Five bucks a month, we'll call you Donna. $12 a month, we'll make you a hosting host. That means uh, you'll be covering the cost of our monthly hosting fees that it takes to keep the show on the, uh, I keep wanting to say on the air, on the internet, uh, because that's how that actually works. And if you do that, we'll make you a host for one episode. We'll bring you on for a special episode and um, have some fun with you there. So head on over patreon.com slash noobs and the Whovian and uh, start supporting us if you you think it's worthwhile. All right, so that brings us uh, to our classic Who connection. And like I said, I actually haven't heard this yet. So um, normally I <laughs> I screen these ahead of time. I forgot. So uh, Jared is going to uh, jump in here and let us know about some classic Who connections. Hello, noobs and the Whovian. It's Jared here bringing you your classic Who connections for the 45-minute long fever dream that they call Midnight. <laughs> I don't know about your listeners, but you all said that my contribution to the timey-wimey episode, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, was my best work yet. And that was just listing off a bunch of names of people who are in both Harry Potter and Classic Who. So let's see what I can do with some real information. (laughs) Starting off, we've got David Trofton. Okay, okay, wait a minute. I, I can't go on. I can't do this. I don't sound like I look. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't sound like a guy that has a beard. I mean, my beard is my identity, man. And you could just remove my beard and have it floating around, and people probably wouldn't even notice that my body was gone. I know how you feel, Jared. The, the, we are one with the beard. It would just be like, oh, hi, Jared. And my beard would be like, and people would just laugh and say, classic Jared. So for your benefit, I'm going to do the entire rest of this segment trying to sound more like how I look. Okay. Thanks. Here goes. Appreciate it. Back to David Trofton. Now, if the name David Trofton sounds familiar, it should be because we've talked about the second doctor, Patrick Trofton. Yes, David Trofton is Patrick Trofton's son, and David Trofton plays none other than Professor Hobbs in the episode Midnight, but that is not his first episode of Doctor Who. He was in two classic Who series. He played a character in The Curse of Peladon with the third Doctor, 
And he also played in his father's last series, The War Games. Little nepotism going on? <laughs> Could be. He played Private Moore in that series. And interestingly enough, The War Games was the 50th story of classic Who. Well, and yeah, Midnight that. was supposed to be the 50th story of New Who. Now, the presentation order got shifted, and it turned out that it was the 50th story filmed. But, oh my goodness, oh, did the planets align for that one. Okay, moving on to other small connections with classic Who stories. This was the first televised story since the 1975 series The Genesis of the Daleks to not feature the TARDIS. Notice, no TARDIS in this episode. Did you notice that? I noticed it. Wait, did we say that this was the first episode ever? Or just the first one in New Who? First one in New Who. I had it down as the second one ever. I don't know what you said, honestly. I don't know. Mm. There was something else that we said was the first one ever. Oh, the the the, the bad guy. The baddie of the week yeah. never showed up. Yeah, okay. And I missed the old girl. <laughs> now, there were other classic Who episodes without the TARDIS. I won't go into a list here. You can find it on the TARDIS wikia. But this is also just the second story to not feature a companion. The first was the 1976 series, The Deadly Assassin, and that one had no companion in it whatsoever. This one has a little bit of Donna. She had some other filming conflicts, so she couldn't be bothered to do a full episode of Who. <laughs> so instead of Dr. Light, we got Companion Light. And finally, the seventh Doctor was also in danger on a shuttle bus in the 1988 series, The Greatest Show in the Galaxy, except that in that series, they were in danger of a killer robot bus conductor, not an unknown body-possessing creature. All right, that's all I've got for you. Those were the classic Who connections that I found, and I'd like to thank TARDIS.Wikia.com for help with this classic Who connections because I'm coming to you from Southern California, and while I may be working here, my memory is on vacation at the beach all week. So as always, I needed all the help I could get. Thanks for having me on, and I look forward to bringing you more Classic Who Connections next time. Yes, that sounded way more yes. bearded. Bearded. Honestly, you sounded like you always sound. So. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't sound a beard. Uh, I love that. Classic Jared. Classic Jared. Oh, Jared, you didn't give us your rating. Oh. He didn't give us his his overall rating or his creep level. That's okay. Uh, So uh, we did mention that this week uh, Trip is out, but um, he did watch the episode with us and he wanted to uh, note that he gave uh, six out of ten Midnight Ghouls. Midnight Ghouls? I don't know. That's interesting because he said he was probably going to give it a four. Yeah. He really poo-pooed this episode, oh, yeah. man. He was like, yeah, he, 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 was, uh, he was a little bit down on this one. He also gave it, uh, well, I'm skipping ahead of myself here. Um, I, I, don't, hmm, I don't know. Corbin, give it your rating. I haven't, I honestly, I haven't thought enough. Uh, I mean, I don't think it was a terrible episode, but it was somewhat average, I guess. I'll probably give this seven, hmm, what was, what is that thing called? It was like, Shuttle 50 or something. I couldn't remember what it was. Oh, it know. was... It started with a C. Oh, did it? Uh, Challenger 50 or something? I oh, yeah, remember. I think... Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it... Seven s- Challenger 50s. All right, I'm going to give it uh, six out of ten Sapphire Waterfalls. 
Um, yeah, this is this was not. Uh, this one was weird. It was yeah, just so weird. It I mean, was. I wouldn't say again. I wouldn't say bad. You know, it's still not above bad. five. Weird. It's, it's it's not a failing grade, uh, but it's definitely a C. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, this one was. It, it was interesting. Corbin was um, was saying like there was no plot point. There was no like real or not not a plot point. There was no real resolution. And I was like, aha! Yeah. But what was left? If you don't feel like you got resolution, you didn't learn what the baddie is and, and all these kinds of things, what do you have left? You have characters. And even mm-hmm. though this time we only had the one recurring character, it was interesting to see a new facet of the Doctor's character when he's alone, right? Mm-hmm. So um, so we did get a little bit of stuff, uh, stuff there. Um, Trip gave it 342 out of 500 creep levels. Uh, Corbin, what do, you, what do you got there? Um... I said earlier that I find this one to probably have intended to be a psychological horror. And while it was creepy, I don't think it lived up to what they were expecting. Okay. I'll probably give this one around a 315. Okay. Um, I would I would give this one a, a solid 150 just for the sound. more... <laughs> Yeah, all the the background lost sounds. Also, the person talking along with them to add weird stereo to it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like in the clip that we played earlier, Corbin was like, "That sounded echoey." No, it was just her repeating everything. Mm-hmm. So you were hearing everything in stereo. So yeah, I, I'm gonna give it another uh, 125 uh, for that, and then I'm gonna give it a good solid 50 uh, 50 bonus points for the craziest eyes on a woman ever. Holy cow, man! When she's just like <laughs> staring at people, and like even the characters on the show pointed it out. Yeah, um, so that's I'm give way it, too creepy for me. Yeah. Stop. So I'm gonna give it 325 out of 500, which you know, Corbin, you're saying it's not all that creepy, but I mean that's still above 250, so that's still on yes. the on the upper end of the scale there. All right, so um, comes to uh, theories. And um, I, I came across an interesting one on Tumblr. Um, I think it was when I was researching X-Tonic to see if that was, if that was a thing. And uh, searching the word X-Tonic brought up a Tumblr, uh, Tumblr post, I think from like, I don't know. Like, 2015, I think. Yeah, it was. it was like four or five years ago. It was a while ago. That was, um, that the, the, the basic theory is that the entity is uh, the, the the midnight entity is a TARDIS. A TARDIS, not the TARDIS? Not the Doctor's I TARDIS. Ah, ah. So, um, that makes a bit more sense, even though... Uh, oh, the TARDIS was the last one, because they had to be grown. Right, yeah, yeah. So um, that, was, that was the idea, was that um, it was like a, a, a TARDIS that got stranded somehow on the surface of midnight. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, I guess the the idea would be that a Time Lord landed there and then got vaporized by the X-Tonic rays or whatever. And yeah, so as a result, there's a TARDIS stuck there. And so some of the plot, uh, some of the uh, the points of this person's theory were interesting that, um, you know, none of the transports have ever been attacked before, right? Mm -hmm. So in the episode you maybe can explain that by saying when the doctor pointed out they were taking a new route that no one had ever been on. Yeah. So I guess they were the first transport that that I mean, thing ever saw. Yeah. But that doesn't said, make a lot of sense. 
I mean, said it, it was a newly generated path, so no other transport had been that way. Right. But I mean, like, how far off? I mean, like, it was supposed to take them four hours to get there, and they were taking a different path, and it was going to take them four hours to get there. So it's not like they were way off course, mm-hmm. which means this, and this thing was, like, way off in the distance when it saw them, you know, when the guy saw it and it started moving towards them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you would think that it would have seen other transport transports before. And so this guy's theory is the reason that it came after that transport was the doctor. Aha. Because there was a time Lord aboard. Right. And time um, Lord aboard. a time Lord aboard. Uh, so there was <laughs> like a, a, a Jadoon platoon on the moon. Yes. The, so he had a couple other, um, a couple other points. Uh, one or two of them were um, a little spoilery for an upcoming uh, episode that deals with the TARDIS. I thought you said it was only one minor point. Um, well, it, it, me. he references it a few times. So, yeah. uh, but at any rate, I thought that was an interesting an interesting idea. And of course, yes. you know, this uh, we'll link to it in the show notes, by the way, on the website, noobsinthehoobian.com. Look under the theory section and uh, click on Tumblr there. You'll see it. And I'm linking to the article that I found. The weird thing is what I found, what came up in the Google search results was a Tumblr repost of a Tumblr post. So a guy wrote a post on Tumblr and then another person reblogged it and put a comment under it. And the reason I didn't show the original was one, the one that Google showed me, I was like, well, that's how I found it. So I'll credit the person that I found it. But also that person had some more input underneath, had had some, yeah. some add-on information. So if you're interested in that, again, be forewarned, there's information about it. Not huge information, but there's some information about an upcoming uh, episode uh, with the 11th Doctor. So be aware of that. Um, let's see, Corbin, you had um, another theory as to what the... Uh, midnight entity is. Mm-hmm. So, wait, I was like, okay, I gotta figure this out because that's how my brain works. So I was thinking initially, this is probably some sort of energy creature given the fact that apparently, and I don't know if he said the extonic, uh, what were they? Extonic rays, rays. Yeah. kill, he said they kill life. And I'm assuming that wouldn't include like energy life. I don't know how it would. You would think, yeah, that it's more like organic life of mm-hmm. some kind. Yeah. So I basically just went onto the TARDIS wiki and I <laughs> I typed in energy beings and I just looked through until I found some ones that seemed plausible. So the first one I found was a creature called an echo, which is a creature made out of living sound, which is Okay. I know, it's weird, but they also have visible forms, so that's how we saw it. It's living sound. I'm assuming that could create... Is this this like in the comics or something? Yes. Or is this from Classic Mm -hmm. Who? It's a comic thing. Okay, all right. So it could create the tapping noises, I suppose. And then the the main reason I put it on here was because their sounds can supposedly drive people mad. And I was just like, that seems to kind of fit. And then I found another one that, uh, this is the one you were mentioning earlier. This is called an ambition parasite. It has no physical form, but is energy-based. Fits that category. It latches on to the oldest living thing in an area, which I thought was particularly interesting, because fairly old-looking person could be the (coughs) oldest, who knows. Okay. It physically drains people's, or not physically, psychically drains people's motivations, and 
an ambition parasite. Yeah. Okay, all right. It's uh, so it sucks the motivation out of them. So, I think I have one of those. <laughs> so I, think I got uh, that in my intestines. <laughs> so uh, the thing I I didn't put this on here, but your comments earlier. What what were they? I don't quite remember. <laughs> oh crap! Oh how how it um seemed to turn them against the doctor. Uh huh. It um. One of the things it mentions is that the ambition parasite can sort of, not control, but turn people's minds okay. towards other people to defend itself. Oh. But it doesn't work on the incredibly intelligent or the young. So I was like, so, okay. So we're saying Dee Dee and Jethro, mm-hmm. and therefore Professor Hobbes is a moron. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Very good. Now, where did you come across these? I mean, like, I I just went on to the fandom, the TARDIS data core fandom. Uh huh. I go to the search bar and I typed in energy beings and I just looked around for <laughs> 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 So there's no connection. Nobody else is making this connection. You didn't read an article about no. here's these two theories. <laughs> That's no, it's, awesome. <laughs> I was just like. You just said, it's got to be an energy being. Let me go look in the universe for energy beings. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's brilliant. <laughs> I love that research hustle right there, man. That's fantastic. All right. Um, oh, uh, Corbin, real quick, pull up iTunes. We're, we're to our listener input. I, I forgot to check and see if we got any new uh, ratings or reviews or anything like that. See if you can pull it up real quick. Um, it takes a long time to pull up. Yeah, it does. It does. We may just bypass that. Um, didn't get any uh, emails or Facebook messages. So just as a reminder, you can email us, noobsandthehoovian at gmail.com or Facebook message us uh, on facebook.com slash noobsandthehoovian and you can uh, get in touch with us there. Let us know uh, your thoughts on the episode that we just watched or the next episode coming up. Um, we would love to have feedback from listeners on upcoming stuff. And um, if you want to email in, we can read that on the show, or you can even uh, record yourself, uh, do an MP3 file, and send it over to us. That's what Jared does. He records and sends it over, and we can play it um, right here on the show and, and get your feedback on uh, the on an upcoming episode, or feel free, give epi- uh, episode feedback on previous uh, shows that we've discussed, um, or movies and stories, whatever, on the timey-wimeys, um, that kind of thing. I especially want to hear from you Classic Whovians when we're doing our Classic Who uh, segment, uh, not, not necessarily the Classic Who segments, I mean, but when we do our Classic Who episodes. Um, I want to hear from you guys ahead of time. I want y'all to give us, give us everything you got um, so that we can um, enjoy the episodes even more as we're watching. As far as the game plan goes, guys, we're um, we're calling an audible. We're we're going to make a small change. We had um, we have uh, one episode and then a two-parter uh, before we do our series recap, and we decided to to throw in an extra special timey wimey on Avengers Endgame. We're going to be going to see that next Saturday, so um, I believe that's May. 3rd or no, May 5th, maybe. Um, so, uh, a week from yesterday as of the time of recording here. And so we're going to go and check it out and we have some theories. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to wrap up this episode and then we're going to sit down and we're going to record a 0.5 episode. We've kind of gotten into the habit of these things. I'm enjoying it. It's fun. Uh, so in a couple of days, look out for a 0.5 episode that is going to be our theories about time travel in Endgame. Now, 
Here's the tricky thing. We should have done this episode a week ago, (laughs) but we didn't have the idea. Actually, we didn't have the idea at all. Mom had the idea and um, she was like, hey, you guys should totally do this. So because it's trending. That's right. Yeah. So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to talk about what we think may be coming in in the game as far as time travel. Now, we're going to be honest with you. We don't know. Okay, we haven't seen it, and so far, nobody has spoiled anything major for us, Mm -hmm. and so we're going to talk about time travel in that movie as we think it may happen, or should happen, or what we wish would happen, or whatever. We'll give you our theories, so that'll be a .5 episode coming out in a few days. Then, uh, Saturday, we're going, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, we're going to go catch it, uh, go watch that movie, and then Sunday, we'll sit down at our normal recording time. And we're going to record an episode about Endgame. So that means you have homework. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that means you need to go and watch Endgame sometime before you listen to our next full episode. We're, we're, you can get, listen to our point five. Listen to that as soon as it comes out because we don't know. It's not going to be spoilers. It's going to be our theories. And then um, go catch Endgame before you watch the next episode. If you're not interested in Endgame and you're not you're not caught up and you're not going to watch it... Uh, I was going to say skip the episode, but I don't know. Listen to our episode anyway. <laughs> might be, You'll be might, confused, might but be interesting. can listen yeah. to it. Yeah, like if you don't care about Endgame, um, fine. But again, fair warning, and we'll say it at the top of the next episode. We'll make sure that everybody's aware that we're going to be talking about it with spoilers. Um, and the part of the reason uh, that we're doing this is we've spent the last four months, five months, uh, catching up on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because we weren't smart enough to do it after we finished Infinity War. Yeah. We had to wait a couple of months first. <laughs> we kept saying we need to go back and, and watch those. The boys had not seen... like, Iron Man 1 and 2. Yeah, and then we like, then we slacked off. Yeah, so... a couple of months. Um, you know what? Let's come back to that um, when we get into the point .5 episode. We'll, we'll give a rundown of all that. So, um, that being said, join us next time for an extra special timey-wimey on Avengers Endgame. And then in two weeks' time, we'll be covering Season 4, Episode 11, Turn Left. Noobs and the Whovian, guys, is a production of Master Closet Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside, except today it's a little roomier, because there's there's kind of just two of us in here today. So, Your senior producer is Austin Reason, and our audio engineer is Trip Reason, who's not with us today. Our production editor is this guy. I'm Corbin. And special thanks, as always, to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia and to Jared for the classic Who connection, as well as for being our number two Patreon and to James Kennison for being our first ever Patreon. So honored, so blessed for that. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Noobs and the Whovian. You can email us at Noobs and the Whovian at gmail.com, wherever you found us. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a rating, give us some stars, but also give us some words, give us some feedback, um, and share us with a friend. Not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. Until next time, my name is Austin, and I'm the Whovian. This is my son, Corbin. And I'm the noob. And we will see you next time.